Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Campus Rush Podcast. We know that this episode today is going to bless your life and take your vision to the next level. We hope that you can share it, subscribe, and be a part of what God is doing right here at Carleton University, around the world, at Campus Rush.
Each and every one of you in this room, at one point in time, have had to say yes to God. Yes or no? Yes, yes or no? Talk to me. Yes. You've had to say yes to God. Now, many times, if you can, many of you may be able to remember, many of you may not be able to remember, the very first time that you said yes to God, that was like a defining separation between what a life that you have been living, a life you had known, to a more serious walk with God. Can anybody remember at that point which point that was for you? Does anybody remember the year that it was for you? What year was that for you? 2016, what year was that for you, LC? 2018, what year was that for you? 2017, anybody else? What year was that? 20 what? 2014, 20? 2017. 16. 16. 16. 18. 13. 14. 14. 14. 14. 15. Okay. So, you have to understand that. That was the first separation when you had really received or come to the revelation or realization that I'm going to fully come into the will of God. That's the first, the first realm of accepting that call. Now, verse 36, once more, please, the one that's five there. Jesus Christ accepts the call, and then, well, then you can read this. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. Uh -huh. Okay, so what happens is, the first thing, after the acceptance of a call, Jesus is led to a place. Now, I don't want to go into what this meant uh, in his acceptance to go into ministry. I'm talking, I'm not even talking about his acceptance or uh, his willingness uh, to start ministry because we know that, of course, he was born for the purpose of ministry. I mean, by the time he was 12, he was in the synagogues. You know, they, his parents came to ask him, you know, we've been looking for you for three days. He said, don't you know I'm happy to be able to business. He was teaching the synagogues about the word of God. You all know the story and Jesus' life story. Uh, you understand uh, he began, you know, after that, so that he began to grow in wisdom and in stature and he began to grow in likeness and men loved him and people loved him. He began to grow. Uh, you then understand in the scripture, we looked at it last pain night where he gets to John the Baptist and you understand the scripture at that point um, where he's baptized and that's the beginning of his ministry. The Bible says three things happen. Number one is the heavens open. Number two is that the voice from heaven shone down uh, and a dove ascended, descended rather from, from heaven. A dove descended. And the last one was what? The affirmation of the Father saying that this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So that was the beginning of ushering into his ministry. Just for context, so that you guys can understand. From that point on, what happens is what? He's now led by the devil into the wilderness. He's led by the devil. The moment he enters into ministry, he's led by the devil. Now, he's led by the devil uh, into the wilderness. He's there for 40 days and 40 nights. He's fasting. He's being tempted. Everything is happening to him the moment that he receives the call. This is preliminary to the main assignment that he has to do, which is to carry his cross. This is just the entry level into ministry. So understand, I want you to understand the phases of accepting this call and the realization of it. Because each and every one of you guys right here are in an element or in a transition or a phase in your life where you are accepting more and more and more of the call and the reason by which God has called you to this ministry and to this house, okay? And to the divine mandate he has for your life. So that is the first part of the dividing space between Jesus the ordinary and Jesus the extraordinary. Jesus the natural and Jesus the supernatural man happens when he's baptized by John. He goes into the wilderness, he's tempted. How many of you guys have been tempted the moment you gave your life to Christ, the moment you got serious with Jesus? Everybody here talking about 2014, 2016. How many of you guys were tempted, you were tempted? Literally, if I tell you, the moment that I agreed to come and I said I wanted to do things right with Jesus, my cousin offered me a one-week stay in Toronto to go to all, gave me an access pass to all of the parties, all of the caravana parties and everything and all of the whatever. And, 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 and I, was, I accepted this call, let's say, in, I don't know, let's say somewhere like May and let's say... Um, I was going to get serious with God and CR and start CR around like October and this invitation came somewhere like late August or early August or something like that. I took the invitation. I said, okay, cool, you know, it's, you know, one last dance. Let's just, you know, let's do what we got to do. After this, I draw the line, God, I'm fully yours, you know. And can you believe that I went to every single party and I stood there like this and God kept tugging on my heart. And God says that your time was already up. I don't know why you're wasting your time here. Aww. 
And I'm there at all the events, at all the access, and you know, LeBron James party, and all these different events, and, and I'm there, like, it's not moving me, because I had already made a decision. And you know, the, the one thing that can bring you to the will of God is by making a decision. That's the one thing that brings you to the will of God. One of the things. So once I've made a decision to say that this is what I decide, I'm answering an element of my call, I then became under the will of God. I walked into, I willingly placed myself into alignment with the will of God. Jesus Christ can do all things. God can do all things. Yet he still gives us on earth dominion over things. He can do all things. Yet still, what does he do? He tells you that you have will, you, you have decision over who you marry, what you wear, what you eat. He gives you free liberty. He gives you decision. He says, do what you want. I will bring the Holy Spirit to guide you, but you can decide not to listen to the Spirit of God if you decide not to. So what happened is the moment you make a decision to flow into God, you then now begin to walk into His will. So you get aligned and you get tuned to what heaven is saying about your circumstance. So the moment I made a decision, it now, wherever I went, I wasn't in alignment with God's will for my future. I felt uncomfortable. I don't know if you know what that is. Think about that. Is that true? I'm talking yes. Wherever you go, it, it, that is not, it doesn't gel with what God has designed for you. You feel uncomfortable in the place. Yeah. Now when people are swearing, it's irking you. It's like, this feels so weird. Don't swear. <laughs> now when people around you are talking about lewd and, 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 and crazy things, it's like it's disturbing your spirit because you made a decision to come into alignment with the will of God. Now everything and everywhere you go must also complement that decision you made. That's why we don't go everywhere. That's why we don't eat everything. That's why we don't accept every seed or accept every gift because it has to fall into alignment with what God has designed for our future at all times. So here Jesus says, I just did that as a brief synopsis so you understand where the scripture is coming in. So he accepted that first layer, that first level of his calling. He accepted it and he enters into ministry. He's tempted in the wilderness. He comes out. The moment he comes out, he starts moving. He starts doing things. He's doing miracles for three years. And this is a portion whereby he's, he's, he's literally right about to be caught. He's about to go and die on the cross. And as he's about to die on the cross, he's accepting one of his most craziest assignments, the reason and the purpose for which he's alive. His purpose was to come, live 33 years, blameless, and die. Your purpose may be to build a multi-million uh, dollar, a billion dollar company, or uh, to go travel around the world to preach the gospel, or to go write books, or, or to make music, or to be in fashion, or to be in politics, or whatever it is, that, that may be your purpose. Now, the difference between his calling into alignment and his calling into purpose are two different things. Are you with me? When he was called into ministry, what happened is what? He was baptized and then he was tempted. When he was called, uh, and of course, I'm not saying that that doesn't substitute the fact that the miracles were not part of his purpose. They were also a part of his purpose. But I'm talking about solely the purpose of dying for our atonement. Right? So it's for the atonement of sins. So what happens is, in this scripture, he's literally about to go and pick up his cross and go and die and be ashamed in front of all humanity, in front of everybody, so that his blood can come and wash us, so that whenever we sin, we can say, God, we come to you because of your blood shed some 2,000 years ago. The grace is made available for me to come into your presence and to be renewed by you. Anybody grateful for this grace? Amen. So, we enter into this scripture here. And at this point, he says, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he told his disciples, sit down here while I go over yonder and I go and pray. So he understood that when it came to the division between his, uh, his, his assignment or his purpose, if we can say it like that, his assignment and his purpose, when it came to that, 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 that place, he knew that his disciples that he had with him uh, could not go further. So he left them and then he went deeper. Next verse. Next verse. Verse 37. Please. Verse 37. Glory to you. And take away the two sons of Zebedee, James and John. So, hold it there. I thought that he left all the disciples. 
He left all his disciples. So it says, take it and do a little Bible study. If you do Bible study, if you, you don't do Bible study, is that all right? Let's break down the scripture, okay? So, verse 36, you want to go back real quick? Verse 36, it says, Then Jesus went with them to a place called this Gethsemane. And Gethsemane literally means crushing. I went to Israel. And where it is, is that, um, how can I explain it? Um, has anybody been to Israel here? Oh, next year. We have to go actually to Israel. Next year. Next year. I was actually talking to our music team. I want us to go to Israel to record our next album. Also, yeah, so I want us to do I want us to go um, the same way I got a lot of the songs for the flood. I want us to go touring and then in the night times come and then record our album. Different, different parts of it. Won't that be awesome? Yes. That'd be so amazing. That'd be so Campus Festival of Holy Land. That'd be awesome. Holy Land experience. That'd be great. I'm telling you, the oil would just drip off. That'd be awful. Okay? Now, Gethsemane literally means a place of crushing. So, Jesus, who's about to be crushed, goes to the place that is called the place of crushing. Because it's the place literally where olives are crushed. That's what we say. The place where olives are crushed. That's a place of crushing. Place of crushing. So it says, then Jesus went with him to a place called Gethsemane, and he sat down and he said, wait here with the disciples, told his disciples, sit here while I go over yonder and pray. How come the last verse, the last line of this verse, Pastor Oba, is sit down here while I go over yonder and pray. And the first part of verse 37, let's go quickly. And the first part of, of 37 is what? And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. But I thought he told the disciples to wait. It's because Jesus understood there was a difference between the disciples and a difference between covenant brothers and sisters. A difference between people who could, who could withstand the pressures of being crushed. Under the pressures of life. And you are in a place Some of you guys have misplaced. You have Judas in your three. 
And you're the faithful ones under 12. The faithful ones are brought into the three. Into the three. And the three doesn't necessarily have to be three people, but it has to represent a, a, a place, a safe space where you can be you and nobody judges you. Where you, if you going into ministry, you as a team member, don't have a place where you can be completely honest to say, I am struggling and nobody judges you or talks behind your back, then you are actually not living the life that God called you to live as somebody working in ministry. This is his model for ministry. And a bunch of, and a part of his model for ministry is the fact that he had the 12 for the assignment, but he had the three for the purpose. In this room now, it's very easy. Cool, cool. Stop. You gotta get that number up. You know why? Because we're not all meant to be best friends. Okay, let me clear that. But we are.
share my news everywhere, so I can't be vulnerable. So you know what? People go home and they cry every night because they have nobody to cry to on the phone. They have no shoulder to lean on. They have nobody to open up and be honest with. I'm talking about real ministry stuff. That's right. That's good. But yet still, every week they sit beside people who are unassuming, <laughs> but yet have the capacity to carry your vulnerability. Oh, oh my God. They have the strength and the power to carry your vulnerability. So people who are completely unassuming, like, okay, there's real no reason other than ministry for Luke and Elsie. I'm not sure they're friends, but I'm just with this the demonstration. There may have been no reason, or there might be no reason for them to talk outside of ministry. Yet still, God may place them in a place mm. simply because for Elsie's purpose, Luke has the fortitude for her to be completely honest and vulnerable, not for the purpose of, wow, I like him, no, but for the purpose of, I need you to just be there as somebody that can see me in my worst and just say that you are still called. Many times in church, no, 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 hold up, I'm not done. Many times in church, we feel that even the relationships between male and female have no choice but to become sexual or romantic or for the purpose of marriage. That's great. But there are some times that God just brings people into your life just to be sturdy and strong so that when you are down, you can just come and you can just go and put your head on each other for no purpose other than the fact of just hold me so I can cry. Show me a sign. 
the three wise men, what did they do? They saw the star. It was a sign. That star led them to the Messiah. They said, as long as you follow that star, you will get to where the Messiah is. The baby Jesus has been born. They follow the sign. These are the days we have to start going back to this. We believe in signs. God, just show me a sign. Pastor Bobo, when he was getting married, I don't know if you remember this. Thank you so much, Pastor. I don't know if you remember this. I know you don't mind sharing because you're already married. When he was getting married, when he was getting married, he was occupied somewhere. God released him from that. And what happened was, he was there one day, and God began to show you the image of your current, your wife right now. And he had not known who she was at all. All he saw was you saw was it her legs. You saw. He started seeing her legs. There's something chatted. He <laughs> <laughs> started seeing her legs, and then you saw was it her gap? You saw her gap. Wow. Wow. They were in the same church, and he had never crossed. He just like oh. He didn't even know, like, it weren't, it's not like they were related, that's not related like that, it wasn't even, no, it wasn't anything like that. But God began to reveal to him and show him signs, and he's like, he saw that his wife was fair-skinned, that she had a gap, that these were her legs, and he's seeing and he's looking, he said, God, you're showing me all of this, but where, who, what, what is it? Like, God, where is this for? What are you showing me? And then one time, a man of God was used to come to you, and as you began to tell him, this is what I see in the spirit, the man of God said, oh, my God. And as Oba stood and faced the man of God, the man of God stood and faced Cynthia. <laughs> and as Oba was telling the man of God what he was seeing in Revelation, the man of God was smiling because he saw the fulfillment of the promise right behind him. What is that? God, show me a sign. Pray. Reveal to me. He can still do that. It's not like you have to date everybody to figure out who God is sending to you. That's good. Ask him for a sign. Show me. And not just show me, but confirm it. Hmm. We're living in days of confirmation. Confirm. You've called me, God? Confirm my call. Yes. She's my wife? Confirm it. That's my husband? Confirm it. You're sending me to this city? Confirm it. Send a man of God. Send a woman of God. Send a sign. Let it rain. Do something. Show me. Let the sun shine 24-7. Show me. Give me a sign. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm. Give me a sign. When Prophet Esau was coming here, he told God, God, I'm going to Canada for the first time. Give me a sign. He said, the moment he landed up the plane, God said, I'm going to send snow. That'll be your sign. For as long as he was here, it snowed. The day he was leaving, he stole nothing. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. He left on a Monday. So we drove to Montreal, there was no snow on the road. The snow melted and the weather was mild. Till now, it's mild. Because that was abnormal. It wasn't supposed to snow around because it's not that cold. That was like February weather, like January. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't supposed to snow. Nobody had the winter tire. That's so one change weather. That's so one change weather. Nobody was ready for that. But he had asked God for a sign. Okay? So, let me finish this up. So it says what? I'm talking to you about the dynamics of accepting your call. We spoke about assignment to purpose. Uh, and then we began to talk about the fact that you simply need people you can be open with, vulnerable with. People that you don't have to like. But people who have the capacity to carry your information. Mm -hmm. Seal it. And at times, forget it. <laughs> and... Jesus began to open up to Peter, James, and John, these three. And he said, God, guys, I, I don't need anything of you to just hold me. Mm. You don't need to talk. I just need to know that you're listening. And once he passed those three, go on to verse 38. Please, thank you, please read this for me. Verse 38. Now he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved, so that I'm almost dying of sorrow. Stay here and, and stay awake and keep watch with me. Verse 38. And after I go to the Father, he fell face down and prayed, saying, My Father, is it possible that, is it consistent with your will to let this cup pass from me? And 
yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men will not stay awake and keep watch with me for one hour? Came from the 12th, okay? Let's say these are the 12 hypothetical. Leaves the 12th. They handle his assignment. Some assignment. Shop assignment. 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 He goes to the assignment. So now he's in the realm of what? His purpose. The realm of his purpose. People we can handle. So in this place, uh, as they're surrounding him, he feels safe. You know, the Bible says something about the safety counsel. And, and, and it says that there is safety in the multitude. Counsel, good counsel, right? So as he's here, what's happening is that he's opening up, Peter, I can't believe I have to die, man. I couldn't tell the 12, but now I can tell you. You know, James, bro, I'm about to die. I have to go carry that cross. I'll never be able to relate with you like this. It will only be the supernatural, bro. I love you, man. John, man, I'm gonna go. I can't believe this, man. I'm gonna die. I'm crying. I'm depressed. I really believe God let this come past me over. I can't handle this. He's opening up to them. And you know, as he's opening up to them, they're comforting him. They're saying, Messiah, you are our father. You know you carry all the words of life. We follow you, Jesus. Don't worry. We know that you're gonna do the right thing. We know that your, your father in heaven is gonna be with you. And they're comforting him in this state where he's depressed and he's down and we just spoke about this realm of purpose because what happens is when your purpose is, gonna, is, is being hatched the first thing is that as it's being hatched it's like the enemy knows when something is right <laughs> it's like the enemy has a timer on when it's right for your season of elevation and the moment he does the first thing that he does when it's your, this is just a freebie the first thing the enemy does at your season of elevation he sends pride first thing first thing gets to your head Wow, God used me up on it. The way you use me up there. God opened up this huge door. But the next job, and pride begins to settle in at the site of elevation. Now, Jesus went through so many different emotions. I don't have the time to go through that. He went through the emotion of being a leader, of being a brother, and then of being a son. Mm. <laughs> wow. Can I teach a little? He was a father to them, and leader to the twelve. He was a brother to the three, and then he became a son to the father. Read the verse. It says, after he left the three, he then went a little further, meaning that yet still there were things in his heart he could not still express to the three. There were things in him, yet still wasn't able to open up, because they wouldn't understand what he was going through. But God in heaven. So he went further. And, and go to verse 39. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground, on his face, and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done as you desire. So in this moment, he begins to now accept the totality of his purpose. He accepted the fullness of his assignment, but he had to accept the totality of his purpose. And he got to the point where he said, God, I now don't want to do it. I don't want to take this cup. God, I want you to burn parts of me, but not all of me. God, I, I want to be tried by fire just as long as I can have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, all these things. Well, you can still burn me a little bit. <laughs> God says, I can't burn you a little bit because what use are you to me if you look burnt but you aren't well burnt? What use are you to me if you're not well cooked but you look cooked? You're counterfeit. You're no use to me. And so he said, God, please, if it's any way possible within your divine will, let this cup pass me. God, I'm pleading to you right now. What is he doing? He's negotiating with heaven. To say, I know you sent me for this purpose, but my God, Lord, this thing is above me. It's beyond me. I can't handle this. But it's, you know what he says? He says, please, if this cup can pass me over, it would be awesome. But you know what? Nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. Mm. So, I'll take it, because I know you're going to take care of me. Mm. But this is a sign and a symbol to you that there's always going to be a difference between divinity and humanity. Mm -hmm. This is the sign, and it comes in the next verse. As this is our last one, we'll wrap it up here. Okay. Verse 40, this is a sign 
This is the sign, okay? And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what? Are you so utterly unable to stay awake and keep watch with me for even one hour? That will always let you know that humans are humans. People are people. Irrespective of how much they can help you in your purpose, there's only yet still one Father in heaven. Only yet still. You can open up to everybody in the world. You can pour out everything in your heart, and people will feel you and understand you. Yet there's only yet one Father in heaven that can heal you and affirm you. That's it. That's it. Like that, that's, that's it. So he comes and he's affirmed. And he says, all right, God, I know you're going to be with me. But then he goes back. And he's like, what's going on? And it's so interesting that he goes back to the three. He says, I just need you to wait. Stay just one hour. And you couldn't be here with me for one hour. So you know what? I forgive you. It just affirms to me that there's a father in heaven. And it's different to humanity and women and See, so I spoke to you tonight about the elements of the call, accepting every aspect of the call, and a portion of accepting your call as a team member, as a worker, as somebody that is serving God, is to be able to grow in your acceptance of your purpose and all of your purpose. All of it. Jesus Christ knew I was born to die. Can you believe that? Yeah. Somebody from day one. Yeah. The only thing that's going through his mind is that at 33, I'm dying. <laughs> at 33, you know, like I'm going to die. That's it. Imagine what it must feel like having to have such supernatural power. But to serve, you have to suppress it for 30 years. Do you know what type of torture that is? Black people don't look at the humanity of Jesus. We call that Christology, the humanity of Jesus. Studying Jesus. Do you know what it must feel like you're asking? To have the answers to things. But yet, so God is, you know, <laughs> you can heal everybody, but yet God is working on you. That's a different element. When you're more powerful than your capacity, when you're more powerful than your environment, then you're more powerful, when you're more powerful than the audience that God gives you, it will get only for three years. And in three years, you would have accomplished not only your assignment, but you would have fulfilled your purpose by way of dying on the cross. And this is the last bit of his purpose. This is the last, this was the purpose itself. Die. Die. You know, Pastor, when we share a bit of this purpose with Jesus, where the word of God says in the New Testament, unless the way of we fall down and die, unless you die, you will never gain your life unless you lose your life. We carry a bit of that assignment and that purpose with Jesus. Where he tells us to die. And so every day, there is a funeral to your flesh. And there is a party to the awakening of your divine purpose yeah. every day. Every day. Every day you're reading a eulogy to your desires that are not like Christ. And you're reading an acceptance letter to God's divine will for your life. So the acceptance letter comes by way of the declarations you make over your life every day. I am ahead of my I am above my people. Today I win. Today I'm victorious. I never lose. I always win. You make declarations every day. It's all a part of you affirming the fact that you are alive in Christ and you are dead to the things of this world. So you begin to live and walk and breathe as a victor, not a victim. Quite interesting. 
I can say this now, that my Bible is close enough, the session filled is up. I can tell you that I didn't write any of these down. That's why I asked some of the questions. I didn't come here to preach that. I didn't come here to speak on But when you come here and the Holy Spirit has full access to you, He can pull anything out at any time. And when you get mastery over your gift and you are fully immersed in your calling, you are ready in season and out of season. I told the poor guys last week, you have to be ready in season and out of season. I didn't walk here knowing what I was going to say tonight. But God always prepares. Always prepares you. That's why, and let me just allude to this and maybe finish. That's why, Pastor Ryan, the 30 years of Jesus being uncovered was so necessary. Torah was completely necessary. Completely. Because in that 30 years, he knew how to manage his gift. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he knew how to manage his gift. He knew. He knew what to do to get what he needed to get to. He knew the positions to go into to attract the Father's attention to move on a behalf and to move on someone's case. He knew. So for the three years, the work that he was doing, the places he was moving, was a marvel to everybody, but they didn't understand that underneath that three years and behind that three years was 30 years of development through the deserts, 30 years of being uncovered. Nobody knew who he was. I recently saw a post online talking about, you know, um, I, was, I forget who was a basketball player who posted it. You know when somebody, they win the Olympics and there's like, you know, a first place, second place, third place, and they stand on those podiums? Have you ever seen that? Mm -hmm. And I saw, and it was like those three podiums, and then underneath it was like hard work, late nights, this, this, this. And, and for each of the first place, second place, and third, it showed the ethic that was needed to get to that level. Mm -hmm. So many people only see the stage of the first, second, third, but they don't know that underneath those stages is late nights, it is, is, is working in the gym late, late night and, and eating right and dieting and working out and sacrificing and missing out on things. And there's things underground behind the scenes that, that people don't see, but yet God uses what's behind the scenes mm -hmm. to bring on to the scenes to be a blessing. Amen. That's what happens. So he uses what is not seen for what is seen. So when it comes to your car, I'm just pouring out today. Allow me to do it. He uses what is not seen. He uses the, the things and the times you've been praying behind. He uses the days of sacrifice behind. He uses the days of service from behind. And he pulls that from, from what people don't see. So when you enter onto a stage and you get to a realm like this, where you're saying, God, you know, I've been in meetings all day, speak to me a now word and a fresh word, and God begins to move, and God begins to speak, and people are blessed, and I'm even marveled because I'm like, I don't know where she's coming from, and the Holy Spirit's using me as a tool, is because he's prepared a vessel. Mm. And the vessel always has to be prepared in season, out of season, at all times, to minister, because the words are inside of you, they flow out of you. Mm -hmm. So you never trivialize the times that you are not yet seen. Good. Don't trivialize it. Because you don't have the mic, thank God. Oh. Because when you do, every time you pick it up, it must be words of life. Every time you pick it up, it must make sense. Every time you pick it up, God's glory must fall. Something must happen. Something must shift. There is an expectation because people need to experience God. And for a lot of people, you will be the only voice of God they hear in their lifetime. So God prepares you as a vessel so that from you, you can be used as a mouthpiece to his people. So until you are prepared, I feel goosebumps all over that. Until you are prepared as a vessel, I'm telling you, thank God for the days that you are not seen. Thank God for the days that you are benched. Thank God for the days of behind the scenes. Thank God for the days when you're not seen, you're not appreciated. Thank God for those days. Tell you. Because a day will come for those who are called to the preaching ministry. Not everybody's called to the preaching ministry. We're all called to preach the gospel, make disciples in the realm and the lane that God's called to. But I'm talking about full-time ministry today. You know, pastor, pastoral ministry. Those that are called to the pastoral ministry, you'll come to understand that You'll be called on every time, at any time, and there must be a word on the inside. There has to be. You must have something to say, and that whatever you say must come from the throne of heaven. Listen to me, young people here, people who are called to the ministry. Thank God for the days you don't have to Thank you.
making. I can't afford to not come here on Thursday and not hear from you all. What do you mean? You always have to come here. I can't afford to not walk a day in boldness and faith. I can't afford to walk a day doubting my faith. I can't afford to. Because when I was even in London the other day and somebody uh, came up to me, like he actually messaged me when we left the concert. He said, you know, God bless you so much, Pastor Kofi, for what you're doing. He's like, this generation needs you. You are literally a, a template. What do you say? He said, you're a much-needed template to the millions that believe in you. He said, you're a much-needed yeah, mandate and a template to the millions that believe in you and that are behind you. Last week, a man in Germany, 21-year-old kid, God contacted me over Instagram. I never give my number out. The Holy Spirit told me to give me one to Instagram. I said, God, I don't know where he's coming from. So I quickly just did a prophetic scan. <laughs> okay, please go. And I gave him my number. And he, the man, I said, told him, I said, call me at 7 p.m. He called me at 7 p.m. I was in the meeting with Toro and South. He called me at 7 p.m. He said that God told me, and I've seen it in three visions, that I'm supposed to submit my ministry to you. You're my pastor, and you're my father, and that's it. And I have to submit to you, and I'm a German. Wow. This is what God told me to do. Wow. He said, I was literally going to university. I was on my way to uni. I saw three visions of me working with you in ministry. God said, this is your father. Mm. I'm here in Ottawa. I'm minding my own business, living my best life, <laughs> <laughs> spending time with you all, being a pastor to you. Whatever you need, I'm here. We're fellowshipping together. We're growing together. You know? Doing all sorts of stuff. This week, give me a leadership retreat. We can hang out, laugh, kick back. And yet, somebody in Germany mm. is receiving visions. Wow. Pastor Kofi, you gotta connect to Pastor Kofi. And I get that all the time. People wanna connect with me all the time. But God said, no, this guy connected with me. Do you know, he called me this week, or last week, late last week. And he video chat me, he put me on video chat. He says, Pastor Kofi, I told you on Friday or on Tuesday when we spoke when we didn't have time, but I, I know that I have to submit my ministry unto you. And the reason why God really told me that I should take this guy in, he was 21 years old. He's not a youth pastor, he's not a young adult pastor, he's a lead pastor, has his own church. Mm-hmm. He's doing his own thing. Wow. He has a, a he has uh, you know a children's ministry, has a board of directors, has all this stuff. He's in university. He has a fiance, he's getting married next year. He's ready for doing ministry. There's some people who are serious about it. Not like, oh, I'm just going to live my life. And no, he's like, I have a church. Wow. Guy's very mature, speaks perfect English. Very mature. He says, God is calling me to you. I spent one hour on the phone with him and I gave him wisdom after wisdom after wisdom after wisdom after nugget after nugget after nugget. And I had to be ready this season. I was on my bed with my pillow up. I was in my, I was in my, my undershirt. And I said, yeah. Okay, so what you have to do is, first of all, move your service time. Something about do this, 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 this. And I had some type of sympathy for that because you reminded me of me. Wow. And I said, imagine. Yes, I have my father. Yes, I have people around me. But imagine if I had somebody who was only a few years older than me who sat me down and literally told me, yo, bro, do this, do this, do this. Don't make this this mistake. Don't do this. It's going to waste you so much time. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, imagine personally if I had direct mentorship. Like, mm. how far? Mm. How far? So, father is not a brother. Let me get it twisted. A brother can come and tell you. A father will come and give you a direct order when things are going to the extremes. Mm. A brother will help you maintain the middle, the equilibrium. So, someone told me about this guy because he reminds me, he reminds me because he's you when you were 21. And I began to help this guy. He texted me this week. I'm almost done. He texted me this week. He said, I watched your service last week because I was so blessed. He said, The power of God was ministering to me all the way in Dusseldorf. He said, I have a few questions for you. If you, matter of fact, can I, can I reach out to you anytime? I said, You can reach out to me anytime. I'm here. He said, 
How do you do this? I want to buy a property. I want to move. I want to do this. And that's what attracted me to him because he's trying to move. I showed uh, Pastor Nana, every time the man messages me and I send him a response, all he does is send me back an emoji of a pen and he writes notes. He doesn't say anything. He just says, I'm taking notes. If I talk to him over video chat, he's literally on his other computer. All right, please hold on, Pastor. He's taking notes. Because the guy is like, I'm hungry, not because I want to copy what you're doing. No, because I see a grace in you. And I know that I'm attached to that grace. Now, a lot of us, what we do is we don't like to pour out what God has revealed us after the, 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 the background and after the fields and after the David that was in the fields with the sheep. We don't like to pour out what God has shown us. This man was in the field. God has recently revealed him. He just started the church in May. God recently revealed him. He needs somebody that's going to carry him and show him the ropes. I've been through what he's been through, so now I can help him. And I spoke to him and I told him, God has really developed you. Because it's not like he's hungry, uh, you know, to connect because he sees how God is lifting. No. He says, I respect the anointing of the oil. But God gave me two visions and told me that I'm to be And I don't care whatever it costs, I'm to you. So praise God, we have an expression in church. <laughs>
this weekend, we're gonna have an awesome time. It's a leadership retreat, uh, fall retreat. Are you excited for it? Yeah. It's gonna be so much fun, so much fun. I don't feel your excitement. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be all sorts of fun um, this week, all sorts of fun. Um, so uh, we have our leadership retreat is on Friday night and Saturday. Services that are provided for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so, 
Like, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm a very practical person. Like, very practical. Okay, you don't like something that's going on. Okay, but have you patronized every single event? Have you gone to Wednesday night prayer? Have you gone to Thursday night service? Have you gone to Sunday morning service? Have you gone? There's no reason why you should be having doubts of your connection or your commitment to a thing when you're so um, um, exposed to every facet of it. So I really, really do implore you. It's a time where you can get re-energized on the passion, love, and path of this ministry. You fellowship with people. And who knows, you may actually come into contact with the three, or maybe even the one. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Amen. All right. Let's let's pray. Father, thank you so much once more. Uh, any questions on that? I'm so sorry. Any questions on the leadership retreat? Um, so Pastor Shane is here. Right? So you need to see her after um, this meeting. If you can get it over with right now, go and see her. She can put the room list together and everything. I'd love to see everybody here in this room out on this leadership retreat. Tell anybody, anybody who wants to get. Uh, revive, just tell them to come. Come Friday and Saturday. Uh, come on, okay? Come and see Pastor Shane. Uh, register for that and we'll have a vision. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much once again for your vision and power and your presence towards us um, as we go our separate ways. Let your presence continue to follow us. Be with us now and forever. And always, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday night. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.